0: Let's dive in now. Pretending. Savvy souls, when you were little, pretending was a beautiful, imaginative, fun thing. It was a way to explore the world and try on different identities and just play. But as you got older, pretending shifted from an act of magic to an act of deceit, an act of disguising who you are, and pretending to be more acceptable. So that's the kind of pretending I'm going to be talking about today and how that hurts you. The kind of pretending I'm talking about doesn't feel good either to you when you're pretending or to the person you're pretending in front of. That's one of the reasons I'm really obsessed by a YouTube channel called The Behavior Panel. And if I haven't talked about it here before, I'm really startled because I obsess about it all the time. It's a, fa- a panel of four body language and behavior experts who analyze little short video segments often of people that we either don't know are lying or who have confessed to crimes and we know after the fact that they were lying when they were being videotaped. And what this panel of experts does is they identify all the ways we can tell that the person is being deceitful. And that's because when we lie, when we're being deceitful, we feel this intense discomfort And that discomfort shows up in our body language, the licking of our lips, the rapid eye blinking. It's actually peculiar to each of us as they always tell us we need a reference point of what's ordinary for us and then how our behavior looks different when we're being deceitful. But it shows up in all of our body language because of this feeling we have of discomfort when we're lying. But even without expert knowledge, like the behavior panel, we can often look at these video clips and we can just feel the discomfort. That's because our body reacts to other people. And when other people are being deceitful, when they're being inauthentic, we can feel it. So it doesn't just affect them. It doesn't just make them stressed and feel uncomfortable But we feel that too. And then we know that they're not telling us the truth. Another context that comes to mind immediately is in the whole entrepreneurial world, which I had to start studying when I became an artist and a life coach, which is very different than my former world of being in a big firm where marketing and all those things were managed by a giant marketing machine. One of the things that comes up in the entrepreneurial world that I used to watch and just hate is something that I've kind of coined "bro marketing." I don't know if other people have used that expression. I picked it up somewhere, but my son and I are always joking about it. And those those videos you get where it's a guy with a Ferrari in front of a big mansion in California, saying, "You know, if you just take my program, you two are going to be a millionaire in a year." and when we watch those videos you get this kind of like icky feeling inside and it just feels terrible and that's because we all have a radar for inauthenticity for people pretending to be something different that's why pretending feels stressful i remember when i was a lawyer pretending to be brave and flawless. You know, I couldn't make a mistake. Professional, contained, unemotional, expert. I really lived in fear that I might cry when things got overwhelming. I've always cried easily. And I remember my spouse always telling me, Heather, you just can't cry. Like never cry at work. So I learned how to really hold in that emotional aspect of myself. I also lived in fear of ever making a mistake. I felt like I had to present myself to be kind of like flawless, always knowing the answers. I had to pretend not to have any doubts because otherwise I might be perceived as weak or not confident. All of this was very overwhelming and very stressful because it's not fun. It's pretty hard to be perfect, to always be thinking, well, what if people found out the truth? It makes you feel worried and stressful and fearful and cut off from yourself. The truth is when I look back on it, it's any of the times I was pretending that hurt me. It's the times that I was pretending that made me seem cold or intimidating to my my staff, for example, and on the other side of that felt really stressful and inauthentic to me. And I also noticed that my best professional moments were when I did not pretend. When I actually sat in meetings, said, hey, you know, I don't know the answer. And eventually that either revealed truths because the other side had to actually admit they didn't know the answer either and reveal what they're actually thinking, or it just made everybody else around the table who didn't know the answer feel better and slow down the conversation until we all understood. Another situation where it really paid off for me to not pretend is I used to speak on these internal panels to young women who were looking at becoming partner and didn't think it was possible. And they would ask us panel, it was often women on a panel, because we were trying to increase the number of female partners we have. And they would ask people on the panel questions about their lives and what it was like. And I was the one who was most willing to say, well, here are the struggles I have as a partner. Here are the struggles I've had balancing family and work. Here's how I've overcome it. Here are the struggles I've had showing up as a woman at the boardroom table, getting taken seriously by my clients. And sometimes the other partners would pretend that those things didn't happen. But afterwards, I always got flooded with people, just so thankful I was truthful because they could see themselves and imagine themselves in my truths. They couldn't see themselves uh, in the stories told by the partners who are pretending to be these flawless individuals whose lives were perfectly managed and always knew the right thing to say. In a survey we did with my clients at one point to find out why my best clients had hired me, they all came out with the same thing. They said, Heather's genuine and authentic. And even when we don't like what she says, she doesn't pretend she tells us like it is. So when I look back on it, the times I was suffering the most is when I was pretending to be something I wasn't. And the times I did the best, my biggest professional accomplishments came from me not pretending and just being real. So pretending hurts because it feels terrible, but let's talk about the other ways Pretending can hurt you. Have you noticed how pretending cuts off your connection with other humans? So typical example, we've all experienced this because of what our culture tells us we should shop like. We're walking along a street or we're in a shopping mall or we're at a movie and we bump into somebody we know. We haven't seen them for a long time and they ask us how it's it's going. And no matter what's happening in our life, we go, oh, I'm fine. Like, how does that feel? Like if your life is exploding and you just tell somebody you're fine. If something amazing is happening, you just say, I'm fine. You don't share anything. It's basically cutting off that connection with the other person. And the other person can feel it. Those conversations don't go anywhere. I always leave those conversations where I say, I'm fine. And they say, I'm fine. It just, it feels like a big nothing. It feels very flat. It feels like a big disconnect, in fact. So when we're pretending, we miss shared human experiences. So what happens is you start to think you're the only one suffering and you start thinking things like, it's just me, something's wrong with me. And that's because everybody around you is pretending that they're living a perfect life. And so it feels like you're the only one that has the full range of negative human emotions. Whereas the truth is we all do, but we don't see it. We all pretend often in social media, all this is changing a little bit, but in so many social circumstances, we project fantasy lives. We just show photos of the sunsets. We show photos of the smiling faces and When we're all projecting these fantasy lives to the world, then each of us judges our own lives, our own real lives, with all of the ups and downs we face as inadequate compared to this fantasy world that's created just because everybody is pretending. Pretending also cuts off your connection with yourself in several ways. You lose track of how you actually feel when you pretend, when you pretend to be happy in your relationship and you always just say, oh yeah, it's good. It's fine. Oh, whatever you want will be great with me. And inside you're seething with resentment because you never get what you want or you feel uncertain because you don't know how the other person feels because you're not engaging in an exchange of your real emotions. And, eventually you leave the relationship or you disconnect from it because you're not getting what you need in it. You pretend to be confident at work and you bite back your anxiety and you show up bravely. And when that happens, you don't identify what's really happening in your mind, what you're thinking that's making you feel afraid, what's making you lose your confidence because you can't admit that you aren't confident until one day, everything becomes so overwhelming and stressful, you quit your job. Or you pretend you know all the answers and you don't. You don't permit that inner voice to speak up and say, hey, this might not be right. I need to tell them we'll get back to them about that. You stifle that part of you that wants to tell the truth and eventually you learn not to listen to it at all. Or you pretend to be just one role and you cut off everything else in your life. You pretend to be a devoted mother and wife and you tell yourself that's more than enough reason to be happy. And you cut yourself off from the part of you that's dying to spend two nights a week in a studio you've rented with 25 other artists creating your paintings or belting out songs at a karaoke bar with your friends and just feeling that fun and sense of delight and excitement in your life. You're telling yourself being a devoted mother is enough when it's not. You don't allow aspects of you that are inconsistent with your self-image, the image that you're trying to project to the world showing up. I remember once hearing this story about a famous spiritual teacher who teaches a lot of amazing tools about being self-aware and challenging your thinking. And she presents this very Zen, incredibly calm exterior. But I heard a story from a different person who knows her calling her up and hearing her in the background, screaming at her staff and just so inconsistent with this perfect way she presents herself to the world. And it had me wondering, I wonder how it feels to be her being so disconnected from the negative parts of her. She can't admit that they're there. She is pretending. And I think that affects how authentically she is received. So pretending can cut you off from your connection to yourself. And similarly, it can also constrain your choices. It constrains your choices to those those things that are consistent with the artificial constraints that you're pretending to, to be. So when I was a lawyer, the culture was that we pretended that our particular area of practice, our firm, our clients was our entire life. And that's all that matters. So this one tiny area, so in my case it was international tax, the specific rules in Canada that affected international tax and what other countries were doing. We used to pretend that's the only subject in the world we were interested in, that we spend our all, all our spare time reading international tax articles, that we devoted all our time to it. And more generally, we pretended we didn't need any of the human things that are normal. We didn't need eight hours of sleep. We didn't need times of leisure for fun. We didn't need time for anything outside the firm. It was all us pretending this is enough. This is all we need. And pretty soon it became reality. It became our life. And it was very, very hard in that contained world of pretending to see any other possibilities because we couldn't admit we wanted anything else. We even hurried back from our vacations and claimed that we had been bored. That was such a thing. Oh, you know, two days into the vacation, it was okay. I could relax for a couple of days in, but it was just so boring. I couldn't wait to get back to work. I can't tell you how many times I heard that. To me, most people saying that are pretending. Or we pretend to be an unflappable leader who always knows all the answers. We're super confident. We can always find the answers. If That's what you're pretending to be. You might not be open to any choices where you're not the expert or you have to have a beginner's mind and somebody else is the expert. Or you might be pretending to have it all emotionally together. And if you're doing that, then you're unable to admit that you need help And to explore all the options available to you. You're not finding out about the options because you're pretending, hey, yeah, it's all cool. I've got it all together. You don't even admit to yourself that you need help. And so you're definitely not spending any, any time looking at other options. So pretending can really constrain your choices. Pretending also can really inhibit your creativity. That's because pretending and creativity are pretty much mutually exclusive. Pretending requires a lot of mental effort on your part, not feeling what you feel, quieting your inner knowing, subduing your natural reactions, setting limits on what's appropriate, essentially not trusting yourself. None of this is consistent with your creative self, which is fueled by a feeling of freedom, a lack of constraint, being totally open to new ideas, allowing whatever comes up, and not judging anything. Savvy souls, my wish for you is that every single one of you stops pretending because it feels terrible, because it cuts off your connection with other people and worse, your connection with yourself, because it constrains your choices and inhibits your creativity. I want the exact opposite for you, to feel open to what life has to offer, to make expansive choices that are right for you, to feel connected with all the humans around you because true and authentic relations are what make life feel worthwhile, to listen to your inner voice and what you want and to have the confidence and trust in yourself to act on that to be fully in touch with the creativity that's your birthright as a human and is what allows you to make the world, your life, your environment a little bit better than it was before. You can't do any of that if you're too busy pretending. I think this is why we all crave the feeling of authenticity, the feeling of being real, being ourselves, knowing we can show up as us, And that's the best way to live. And that's the purpose of this podcast, to give you the tools to be more authentically you. And that's why the tagline I put on the cover art was the freedom to become who you want. But I do also recognize that the podcast might not be enough to change your life or to get you doing all the things you want to be doing. And that's because there's only so much you can do with a one-way communication. It's kind of like reading a book. The answers might be there, but sometimes the answers are hard to implement on your own. It can be hard for you to see a way out when you're trying to see that way out yourself, because you don't know what ways you're thinking that are holding you back especially you don't know what you're believing that's actually a lie because you believe it, right? The things you're pretending yourself to be true that aren't true. That's why I created the Magic Room Experience, which will start in October. It's to help you through all the limiting beliefs that have kept you from living more authentically and expansively that have kept you from doing what you really want to do. Take all the actions you've been dying to take. Create the freedom in your life to show up as fully you, to express what wants to be expressed, to create what wants to come through you. I'll be guiding you to identify and catch the beliefs that don't serve you, create an expanded vision of what's possible for you, create the safety in your nervous system and the capacity to address obstacles and face your challenges, and to take the next steps forward to actually change your life. To join me or to find out more, just send me an email request that says, hey, I'd like to know more about the Magic Room experience. That's it. I'll send you all the information so you'll know if this is the experience you've been waiting for or not. So, Savvy Souls, this week... Catch all the times you're pretending. Just notice, heighten your awareness. Don't judge. Just take stock of what you're thinking and ask yourself, oh, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good. Am I pretending? Notice all the ways that you are pretending. And this will be a great start to open you up to the sliver of knowing there's a lot more available to you than what you've been believing. So stop pretending, my friends, and have fun. See you next week. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together we'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.